Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano. Today, Alex Miller, we've got the finals coming up. They're just around the corner. It's a very weird time for the Tigers this year where myself, Alex Doherty, we're both in there, but the Tigers are missing out. Yes, uh, first time since 2016, Tigers haven't been in it, but four new teams coming to the eight this year, which is exciting. Uh, a bit of opportunity and whatnot for those, for those groups like yours, Cat, who haven't been there in a bit, and Sydney, who weren't there last year as well. And um, so, yeah, look, very exciting. And me and Cooper, Cooper Gretchen, will be happy that our team's fallen out of the eight, but <laughs> such is life. <laughs> Alex Doherty, uh, the Swans have had to wait all so long that year to not get back in there. But the good thing about this final series is that we will see a different Premier um, since, for the first time, yeah, since uh, 2016 at the very least, um, because obviously the only team in there that's won since then is the Bulldogs. Yeah, well, what, what, about, what about that, Kat? Um, the, the only team last five years to uh, won, won a flag and we still found a way to cock it up and uh, not even make the top four. Um, <laughs> how good is that? Um, uh, look, I just want to say before we get started, I want to say a big thank you to our listeners as well. Um, yeah, the uh, num- numbers have been quite consistently high the last uh, few weeks, and um, we just got to say it's you, you guys are the reason we're here. So we we, we pop up on the Zoom every uh, every week, um, and 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 stick that and stick that through the off season because we've uh, got some big plans, Miller. <laughs> oh, don't we ever? <laughs> also, we we did hit just on that. We did hit our three year anniversary just the other day. So definitely feeling the love around that. It's been a bloody cracking three years, and we're we're very keen to get stuck into another final series this year. Yes. Um, but before before we dig into the finals, boys, obviously the news from throughout the week. The big one, Miller, couldn't be uh, any anyone else that's really the talking point other than David Teague. He's been at the front of the media's mind for the past two months, at the very least, um, and he's made way from Carlton after the board completed their review and decided he wasn't the man to take them forward. That's a strange scenario, Kat. They obviously delayed the decision by a day. Not sure why or what they did that for, but they did They were that waiting for Tom Brown to set back up his tent outside Icon Park and they, then they, then they made, the, made the call. And they realised the uh, it was not a powered site, so Tom Brown couldn't charge his phone to make some rumours up. So, look, I think um, <laughs> look, it's very sad for David T. Personally, boys, you know, two years is not enough time to rebuild a footy club, especially in COVID times. I think personally, mm-hmm. um, and I tell you what, I, I spoke briefly to you boys about it, but the pressure now is Doc, with the um, CEO saying that they they're making the eight next year. Whoever comes in has to deliver. Yeah, well, again, we've sort of outlined this sort of problem with Carlton. There's there's a there's a real superiority complex with with the Blues, and and you know we, we say you know they've got they've got a really proud history, equal most premierships of, of anybody in the league, and they, and they want to be up there again. They've they haven't had that much success since the uh, the Judd era where they only made the semifinals, but um, yeah, look, it it it's stiff. It's it's a really harsh business uh, football. And yeah, and not many people do talk about the fact that, you know, Teague's two full years, they've been COVID interrupted. Not many people are, t- are really saying that at the moment. They're like, oh, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's lost games. You know, the, the, the playing group's not uh, lost confidence. And I've actually, just got, I've, I've actually just got an article up here from the Herald Sun this morning um, that, that's revealed that uh, only 30% of the, um, the, the playing group and the staff members supported his coaching. So... And 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 look, uh, I've I've always I've always thought of the uh, maintain the belief that the coach is as as good as its players, and um, if the players don't have the faith, then you know your your shot 
that that that's it. That's the end of the line. Yeah, simply had enough support, Cat. I was just going to ask you, like in terms of like assistant coaching and stuff. Mm, it's it's a good question. I don't think the Blues assistant coaching panel has been particularly strong. We've seen already. Um, Brent Stanton has made way from the club as well. I can only imagine as they get further along in the process to appoint a new coach that more assistant coaches and more of the football department will start to make way. Teague, I don't think, ever really got a chance to choose the the department he wanted around him because the Carlton board seems to have the majority of a say when it comes to their football department. And I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't consult with him very much on getting the guys in around him that he wants. When we've seen time and time again that sometimes the assistants really make the difference. You look at a guy like, you know, Dimmer, who's had the chance to build the club and the footy department he wants around his sort of game and the way that he wants the club to be run. And, you know, it it paid off in dividends. Look at all the Tigers assistants that have been poached and snapped up across across his time. Same thing for Clarko at the Hawks. The majority of his assistants have gone to coach very successful final sides. Yeah, I, I just, because you look at Goodwin as well this year, boys, a revelation in his style and his approach to the game with, you know, the likes of Alan Richardson and Choco Williams coming in, great experienced heads. And I just think personally, you know, T was a fresh face, had some great ideas and maybe just couldn't get them across because of the fresh face. And maybe they needed someone established in the football world to just back his ideas and, and go with him. But I think can't need to have a look at themselves because we were having, I reckon having this conversation, you know, when Mick was sacked and we had this conversation when Bolton was sacked. So mm-hmm. um, it's the merry-go-round and I just can't see an end in sight for this team. Yeah, look, it, it, I can't see an end either. Um, you know, Ross Lyon, will, it, will he enhance the club? I don't know. Um, it, it's widely... the answer, Doc, do you think in your opinion? Hey? Do you think he's the answer? Uh, I'm not sure if he'll be the answer. Um, I think he can be the answer in terms of uh, setting the standards and driving the playing group. Yeah. But I don't know whether or not it will be enough to warrant the results. I don't think uh, so, no. Um, you know, if, if Carlton, uh, Carlton, and they're really staunch about this team being a top eight team, and I think the list itself it actually is quite a quite a good list i think it can challenge for the top eight it shouldn't it certainly shouldn't be 13th yeah great, that, great. that's my that's my opinion yeah they um, they i think they underperformed I, I saw you having this discussion on twitter actually the other day doc in terms of where their lists at um and i, I think you said you saw them should be around that st kilda frio kind of mark which i think is accurate for the blues they probably should have been great. on the precipice of the eight and that's where we had them and i think where most people had them either challenging or right outside the eight this season. Injuries were always going to play a part, and they definitely did. You know, Carlton's mm. been without the majority of its first-choice backline for good chunks of the year. Sam Doherty, obviously, an indefinite period on the sidelines now, which is not just in terms of on-field, but off-field as well. Having your captain suffering through another hard battle is always going to uh, be you know, detrimental to the culture of the club. Um, but it's going to take... I don't know if a guy like Ross Lyon is the one who can galvanize a club together and bring them all back to where they need to be in what can only be described as another tough time for Carlton. Um, if they don't make the eight next year, it's going to be the same old roundabout. I think. It's- so what happens then cap next year? So let's say Lyon mm. comes in hypothetically, this team finishes 12th again or 11th and doesn't make the eight. I think um, they're going to. They'll start they calling for his head. Um, I think it needs to start as well in terms of players who clearly aren't giving 100%. 
Um, Mitch McGovern will be on, I believe, the final year of his Carlton contract. And if he can't put something together and get the best out of his body, then it's probably the time to make the call and say either you're out or something needs to drastically change. Um, there were players at times who looked like they didn't care throughout the year. And I think there needs to be those serious sort of reviews with the playing group where it's not just an exit interview of, you know, you didn't perform up to our standards, but we want to see you do better next year. It's, you know, your career's relying on you getting better next season. Absolutely. I, I, I just want to raise this point to you, Kay. You talk about uh, players not caring. I think Patrick Cripps is a, is a major one. And look, I'm not going to accuse him of saying that, you know, he's lazy, but you look at the last two times the coach has been sacked. Brendan Bolton, the game against Essendon, I was there that day and he looked like I've never seen a player, a leader, more disinterested in, in, in a game the way. But why is he re signed then, Doc, if that's happening, in your opinion? Uh, New Teague was on the way out. Yeah, yeah, he probably he probably wanted Teague out. That's that's yeah. that's that's the point I'm getting at. And you look at how he played this year. Yeah, I think he played hurt, but also at the same time, why why would you not? Why would you not? You know, put your hand up and say that's it. Um, rest rest me. I need to get my body right. Yeah, that's that's me done. Yeah. That 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 that, make, that makes no sense to me. I, I think Crips. Head, I reckon Cripps knew he wanted Teague out, and he'll del- and he deliberately put himself, you know, in the firing line to make to make sure of it. Um, Could just be a mental thing as well. They talk about coaches losing the playing group, and if you're playing under someone who you don't think is the right guy to be at the helm, it's going to be harder and harder to actually find that motivation within yourself as well to be that leader that he needs to be. Um, Miller, which you know you can understand in that sense, if the performance takes a dip. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, look, I'm not sold on the Paddy Cripps re-signing. Still, I think a lot's to play out the next year um, with a new face. But look, I think Carlton again. I think as you mentioned, Kat, it's just going to be the rock, the roundabout. We just can't get swinging circles. We can't change things. But anyway. We got to talk about the AA team, though. Yes, let's move on, boys. The Australian team was announced last night, uh, amongst a, a slew of other awards. Um, just to rack off a couple of the awards, uh, Luke Jackson was named the rising star of the competition. Are we happy with that, boys? Absolutely. Obviously, obviously, a lot of contenders that could have won it in the end. Yeah. Oh, look, I think it was either going to be between him and, uh, and Tom Green, um, and I think, yeah, I think, look, I think with either one, probably couldn't have gone wrong. I think Green played less because Leon doesn't like him. <laughs> um, but I think considering the fact, you know, we were sitting here too, we were sitting in the studio two years ago, Kat and Miller, and we were sort of discussing whether or not Luke Jackson, you know, did deserve to be that number three pick behind uh, just Rowland Anderson. And I think this year just showed exactly the sort of faith Melbourne had placed on him. He was, he's just been, you know, quite a, a perfect versatile tool um, yeah. and was just, a, and just able to fill in, you know, a couple of roles here and there, back up, ruck, key forward, Third, third tall. Shows as well, Doc. I suppose just on that point is that with Melbourne's um, tall selection bingo, that Jackson retained his spot every week, which shows that he's definitely great structurally. Um, and because yeah. you know they were not sure about Brown at times, and then McDonald was in and out injury, but Jackson was just a constant name on the team. So good for him. And then the player and coaches awards, boys. Ollie Wines won the players, and Clayton Oliver the the coaches. Cat, do you, do you like these two midfield boffins in there? <laughs> yeah, two very deserving selections. Um, Oliver's had a ripping year, so has Ollie Wines. Um, I know I saw a couple of Brownlow predictors saying that the last couple of weeks might be edging Ollie Wines higher and higher up 
the uh, the medal tally. So mm. we something to keep an eye on. Nobody says piss off to that though. <laughs> <laughs> he might no, be no, no. bolting a little bit late in the season in the boat <laughs> swans. No, look, if, if, you, if you're trying to get a response out of me to say that the Bond will win, it's not going to work. I don't think the Bond will win. The last three weeks have cost him. Um, oh, sorry, last two weeks, I think. But I think, um, I think, I think Clayton Oliver right now, I think he's the best player in the game. He's, uh, I agree with that. Just, just the way that he sort of, you know, exudes his strength out of the stoppages, the way he sort of, you know, become, he's become more of an attacking midfielder. And, and also, you know, he can also be very defensive around around the clinches as well. Uh, just that's just that sort of ability has has turned him into. You know, we, we talk about the, the the midfielders that just rack up touches and handballs, Miller, but he's become that that midfielder that almost a complete midfielder in a sense. Yeah. Oh, summed up perfectly. Though his kicking for me, boys, is probably one of the most improved in terms of a contested mid in the last twelve months that I've seen. Um, you know, I, I think that that's one thing that he's always he, – he can do it. He can kick well and kick long. And he's actually had a goal to his game this year, kicked um, kicked two the other week. So, look, you know, both deserve of those awards. So, good on both of them. Uh, definitely yeah. Wines and, and um, Oliver, respectively. And yeah. both of them as well, uh, awarded with All-Australian Selection 2, with the team being announced last night. I'll just run through <laughs> – the whole squad, in case you've missed it, uh, from the back line, we've got Jake Lever, Stephen May, Tom Stewart, Bailey Dale, Aaliyah and Daniel Rich. In the middle, Max Gorn in the ruck, Jack McRae, Clayton Oliver, and then along the centre in the wings, we've got Ollie Wine in the centre, Ollie Wine's in the centre, Zach Merritt and Sam Walsh running the wings. Forward line, Mark Spontempelli, Tom Hawkins, Christian Petrarca, Toby Green, Harry Mackay and Tom Papley. And on the bench, my boy, Darcy Parrish, Nick Nananui, Took My Miller, boy. one of the absolute A3 favourites, and Jack Steele rounding out the side. Um, boys, I know we had some issues with the teams, namely Doc. Your uh, wingers. <laughs> Na- namely. Where are our wingers, Doc? Where are the, the wingers? wingers missing out again. Hugh McCluggage for the third year in a row, names in the squad, and misses Paul Seedsman. Fantastic year, one of the best wingers in the competition, and nowhere to be found. Paul Seisman has been the best winger by a country mile this year and uh, no, no respect shown by Gillen, by Steve Hocking, by the, uh, the, the, the past players that, that, have, uh, that are also entrusted to select a good side. It, it's a farce, Cat. It's an absolute farce. It's, um, you know, I've, I've said it all week. There needs to be a midfield. Midfield is probably one of the hardest roles to play in football uh, today. Um, you know, the fact that you've got to push both ways as, as a both as a forward as a as a defend defensive outlet, it's uh oh, it's a joke. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, and, and we had this discussion off air as well, just off air before Cat as well. It's yeah, you know, if if you're a midfielder and, and look, I, I can understand to a degree that they mid midfielders are a dime a dozen, and and a lot of them have played really really well uh, every year. But you know, I, I'd say look, we'll we'll talk about um. We talk about our Australian selections next week, uh, Miller, but I think I, I definitely didn't have uh, probably about three, four, five people, five midfielders on that team last night that didn't make my team. Yeah, and that's no knocking them. Again, the thing I don't understand about the Australian team and the 40 boys is that everyone, there's always going to be snubs. You literally cannot have an Australian 90. We're not fielding <laughs> five different teams. Like, there's always going to be snubs. So when the 40 came out, people were saying, well, Jack Chris, and I'm like, yeah, well, even if I would have had him in over Hopper, maybe I would have had someone that had a crisp, in my opinion. So, like, there's always knocks and all that stuff. But uh, who's the captain cat of this team? Who was named? 
uh, Gorney got captain uh, last Gorney. Gorney. Right. And, uh, and, uh, and and the Bont got vice captaincy. Um, yeah, but look, I'm with Doc. You know, I'm a big man on wingman and none were in there. So, look, well, anyway, well, I think our teams next week will be a lot more juicy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so we'll be announcing our Australian teams just, next week as well. Just, just quickly, uh, Zach Merritt, named on the wing, uh, only played 4% of uh, of his time on the wing this year Cap. it's a joke it is a it joke is. how i'm i'm very very happy that both zach and darcy got in the side but name them in their proper positions I, I, I would i would argue jake stringer deserved to be more to be in this team more than zach Merritt did uh i think i would have merit i think the selectors like his consistency Whereas Stringer obviously is more of that impact player and stands up in the big games when he needs to. So it's a bit slow to start the season, wasn't he, Cat, as well, Stringer? The first three, yeah. four weeks was a Num- bit... number one player in the player ratings after the bye, um, yeah, which is go. obviously a very impressive second half of the season. But I can see why, um, with his first half of the year, why the yeah. selectors passed on him. Um, and and I would, I'd also like to predict that I think Bont and Pelly and Petraka, named on the half board line, probably only played maybe 25%. Started, started the I reckon if that Doc as well for Bond. I think there was only a yeah, couple of games I, I, that he really spelt a large portion down. Petrarca maybe, but even, yeah. I, I saw the stats this morning, Doc, and I think it was about 23 to 21% for both of them throughout the year. There it yeah, is. In like, the forward line. So you is. would say that that is a player that rests forward but does not play yeah, oh, exactly. Like, like we know, we know both Bont and Petrarca are goal kicking mids, and and that, and we absolutely love that. We're all here for it, but half forward, half forwards should be reserved for players like Zach Bailey and Jake Stringer, who have spent who spend more time forward than guys like Bonton Pelly and Petrarca. Yeah. I would say a lot of that time in the forward line as well would probably be built up just from attending the stoppages in the forward line too. <laughs> probably, so. yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, we could go on about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's stop. We're on, we're on a time budget here. Um, we've got a couple of other bits of news as well out of the Tigers. Miller, uh, the first best and fairest of the of the year, was held last night over Zoom, and Dylan Grimes uh, winning the BNF for the Tigers. Good one, mate. Very happy with his uh, with his selection. Yeah, no, it's good for him, Caddy. He's been a great servant for a long time, Grimesy, and um, really interesting. Only. Uh, four players played every game this year, which was him, Short, uh, Rewalt, and um, I can't remember the other Boffin off the top of my head, but there was only so a couple of players I could have picked from to play every game. But um, as Alex talking informed me, Brody was up there at one point and I felt a bit <laughs> ill. He, uh, he, he was second after eight rounds, Alex Miller. And I, and I, I, was, look, I, I was looking at it and I'm thinking, like, what the hell has he done? <laughs> I, had the, I watched the second half of the presentation while I had the AA on and uh, Grumsy made a great speech and a great barometer of the club. But one guy that is no longer part of the club, Cat, is Patrick Nash. Mm, he's um, gone. He's been not he offered not another offered contract. A deal. He's gone. Oh, I tell you what, that's li- that's living proof that you don't need to be dead to be stiff, uh, Paddy Nash. <laughs> uh, he, oh, I tell you what, uh, even even in the opportunities he's got, he didn't get didn't get much, didn't Nine get much games, of a chance. And yeah. knock over over five years. Um, he's he's and- a quality quality outside player, Nash. I think there'd be teams very silly to not try and have a look at him. Honestly, I think with the recruiting that the Suns have been doing, looking at the Tigers' sort of outside players. It's done them very well so far, and those boys obviously have that chemistry together already. So they should be a great hardware replacement, just quietly. If he yeah. wanted to get up there and join Brandon Ellis and Oleg Markov, I think that would be a very nice little fit for him. Just on just on Brandon Ellis, like I think last last half of this season, particularly his hamstrings have definitely proven to be quite shot. So if if they want to look at Paddy Nash, I think that'd be a great 
a great uh, sort of uh, investment plan. How good that little backline brigade of the likes of Will Powell and Bose and Markov and Nash, I think will be quietly just a very nice sort of rebounding. Yeah. I honestly think Nash should, be, Nash should be a great fit for that. Oh, no, we've lost him here. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. He's back. <laughs> the Bangladeshi wife um, hits again. I was just saying, sorry, Doc, <laughs> but um, I tossed up to you that, um, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Hawthorne or North or um, Adelaide take a, take a throw at him. Yeah, I, I think they're all pretty uh, pretty good options. I think Hawthorne especially. Um, North would be also a very good shot. I wouldn't oh. mind seeing I wouldn't mind seeing West Coast have a look at him as well if they're going to go down the um the path of of uh, blowing up the list and starting again, or, or sort of like or mm. sort of rebuild on the run because you look at you look at the um the sort of uh, outside options they've got. You know, they've got Withered in there. They've uh, Gaff's hitting thirty now. Um, None of them are fast, are they, Dosh? Yeah, look, they I don't think I don't know what sort of other options they've got in terms of outside outside options. They have to start looking at blooding more kids. Uh, we we that much we do know. I say that too loud. Alan Simpson might hear that and pretend to do that. He'll <laughs> um, no, just brush me off like he did cat at the start of the year. <laughs> oh, we don't like to remember that one. I learned from that one, that's for sure. The other bit of news, boys, um, out of Collingwood, Anton Cohill has returned. I've got, I've got to, him. I've absolutely got him. He's returned back to Ireland to uh, continue studying medicine. So the kid will not be continuing along on the Collingwood list. Um, so I tell you what, he played a shocker against Port in the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Another spot open there for them. Um, let's let's move into who's the man, gentlemen. One of our favourite segments, as always, where we give our favourite best players out of the round twenty three action. I'll start with you, Doc, because you've got one of our one of our favourite sons. Oh. Uh, well, one of our favourite swans, more like. Uh, sons, swans, uh, you know, whichever one you'd like to go with. But uh, let's let's uh, let's talk about this man again, Jordan Dawson. What what a game he played! I think bit bit a bit of an everywhere man this year, uh, Dawson. He's uh, I think made made the wing position his own. He's he's certainly um, him and McInerney in particular. You look at you look at their wings. I think those two really stand out as genuine link up players. And and Dawson in particular on on Saturday against the Suns just sort of you know did his own thing. You know, brought his own footy. The 33 touches, the 16 marks, Miller. We absolutely oh, love. We absolutely love a mark. That is incredible. The 600, the 689 meters gain, the two goal assists, the uh, seven score involvements, the five intercepts, um, eight inside fifties, and the snag. The snag. Where does um where does he rank in the Swans' best and fairest? Do we reckon, Doc? Oh. That's a that's a good one. You'd have to give, you'd have to give him a shout in the top ten at the very least. I reckon. I'd argue top five. Just quietly, just quietly. I think Hickey will be up there. Um, can't believe I say that. Uh, Lloyd will probably be up there. Um, they, love, they love giving him votes on uh, best and fairest night, Jakey Lloyd. Yeah, uh, Mills as well. Mills, I think, will be a big shout. Uh, particularly, I think he'll poll well early. Um, I'm not sure about the uh, that Achilles injury of his um, later on in the year, but I think I think he's definitely got a case for top five. Miller, who's your man this week? Uh, I'm going to the game that could have been very interesting, but Freo said stuff that we're not rocking up. It was um, <laughs> thank you to taking on Freo down in uh, Taswegian land. And it was the Saints comfortably by uh, 58 points, but no King, no problem because Cooper Sharman said stuff at who is King? Who is Max King? Never heard of him. Kick four goals, 15 touches, six marks uh, for the young man. He's very good at getting his mitts right around that. Seven score involvements as well. 
um, and also uh, four contestant marks out of his six cats. So very impressive by the Cooper. Well, we, um, we, by the Super Cooper. Just, 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 just quietly, uh, Miller, do you reckon he'd be the sole key forward of St Kilda? I wouldn't say the sole. I'd say the Messiah, if anything. But um, <laughs> no, he, he's going to be he's going to be very good player, boys. Uh, medium. I think he can really evolve into a, a Tim Membry-like operation, and it's going to be a juicy forward line with him, King, and Membry running around cat. So who have you got for your who's the man, mate? Yes, well, it's it's our favourites this week, and we can't not give this guy another shout because he's had an outstanding year. You speak about best and fairest. There's no way this guy isn't in the top five of the Crows' best and fairest. That is Ben Keys. Yes. What a revitalization this man's career has had. At 22, we thought he was going to be on the fringes of the AFL for most of his career. And he has just quietly showed that he is an elite midfielder and can do it with the best of them. 38 disposals in this game, six tackles. Absolutely loves the hard stuff in the guts. Kick the two snags as well, if you don't mind. Boys, four intercept possessions, 10 score involvements, four marks, 10 inside 50s. The list just keeps on going. He had an absolutely outstanding game, Keys. Um, obviously, that North Melbourne midfield is no joke at the moment. Um, and he, he really laid in hard against the likes of, um, you know, Jai Simpkin and Luke Davies Uniac and Taron Thomas rotating through there. Not an easy midfield to have big tackle numbers against. And uh, he did it soundly. So, Amazing game from Ben Keys and one of the worst kicks of all time for goal that I've ever seen somehow found its way in because this kid is just <laughs> that good. I got to I got to ask you, Cat. Have you seen a player turn around his career more than Ben Keys has in the last eighteen months? I don't think we've ever seen something like this ever. I think Tom Hickey's got a shout. <laughs> if, he can, yeah. if he can back it up next year, I think he's I mean, got an absolute at shout. At least Tom Hickey was playing some AFL games. Ben Keys could not get a look in in Brisbane. He played a handful and. I talk about all Australian snubs. I mean, if there weren't so many bloody good mids this year, he would have easily walked into it. But I think he'll be a definite shout for next year in the in the side dock. If he keeps on this trajectory that he's going, he'll be one of the best mids in the comp next year. If if the if the crows continue to win game, if, if the crows have a winning record, then there's no doubt he'll be in there. He'll be in he'll be in the considerations because we, we we say it a fair bit. I think the Australian team is more based on um, the teams that win and and it. But it is but it, I think. You got you got to give some some leniency as well, and it's good to see Took Miller finally get that spot in the AA team as well last night, just quietly. I called uh, it around three boys, and you you both were a bit iffy about it. You didn't say no, but you didn't say yes, and I said it's all right. I, I, I'll show I, you. I, I said I said it was too. I think I said it was too early to uh, to call it, but I but I I, I took it on board. I, I at least could give you that. I tell you what, better than my other call boys, which when we'll get to next week when we review our ladder, I had West Coast top just quietly previewing <laughs> that uh, for next week. But just a quick thing before we get to the tips, I did want to mention, boys, there's a bit of news that I have uh, got my tomato sauce linked to, and that's Brandon Maynard very possibly looking to go to the Crows. He's out of contract end of next season. Now, uh, he'll be a free agent. Collingwood, you know, obviously, as we know, boys, that the salary issues that they've got. Um, we're looking, they haven't got, any, haven't got any picks until the late 30s. Um, so if they're wanting to get any players out to a bit of salary relief and any value, I wouldn't look, there's not much you can have a look at and, um, may not be really good at the crows in my opinion. So I think watch it space, John. Oh yeah. Look, check, check, check out Tom Morris over here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have my camp chair. Uh, bit of the rumour news, whatnot going around. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait. I can't wait for the silly season that is the trade period, boys. It's always, 
it's always good to see what ridiculous rumours we see get linked to clubs that never actually end up happening. Yes, uh, here, uh, Peter Wright Dog is signing on as the Ruck Rover cap for you guys. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, just, to, just to touch on the tipping comp, boys, obviously, yes. we always knew it was going to happen since about the midpoint of the year when he took the lead back from me after a very uncharacteristic start. But Alex Miller has claimed the tipping competition once again, finally uh, finishing it out on 123 Myself in second on 119 and Doc taking up at the end with 118. Miller, mate, well done. Well done. (laughs) I'm coming for you next year. I'm not going to let that good first half of the year form slip again. Um, But we still will have the AFLW tipping comp as well next year. So I'm going to try and claim at least one of the two. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you, you boys always get me in that. And Alex Doherty usually is 500,000 tips ahead in that with comfortable uh, comfortable legs in that. But I, 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 reckon, I reckon next year's AFL, AFLW tipping competition will be the closest it's ever been. Because I reckon you, oh. you, you, boys, you boys just continue to amaze me with your, knowledge, with your um, evolving knowledge of the game. Um, we're very happy to have your great knowledge to assist us, um, me and Kat, from you, Doc. So we're very grateful to have you. And look... We're very grateful for this week of finals, Kat. Let's go to tonight's game. The team. Ford and Geelong. It's a, it's a big clash. We knew oh. Mitch Georgiatis wasn't going to be in this team. Orazio Fantasia replacing him. Mitch Duncan coming back in for the Cats as well. He's missed a lot of footy um, over the him. second half of the year. But I, I feel bad for Max Holmes, the poor kid. Could have gotten his first crack at the final and he's had to make way for, for Duncan. Sean Higgins confirmed as a medical sub for, for that game as well. Yeah. I, I've actually liked Max Holmes uh, the last couple of weeks, boys. I think he sort of has that has that ability, has that want that hunger to take the game on every chance he gets, and his tackling pressure as well has been quite outstanding from uh, from bits and pieces I've seen. Um, so very very stiff. But Mitch Duncan's a great in, boys. Well, the thing is as well, I think he'll play halfback. He'll play Stewart's role, and also bit surprised, boys, that Simpson has stayed in over Higgins. I think Higgins was recruited mm. for this type of situation, Cat, and I'm not sure. What's going on? Simpson's been all right, but I personally would have had Higgins and over Simpson. But who are we going to tip, boys? This is a massive game. Ooh. I think just, just on being at Adelaide Oval, and I've seen how the Geelong backline sort of functioned without Tommy Stewart in there, and I'm not confident. Um, so I'm going to tip Port here. Okay. Tip, um, tip Toddy Marshall to kick a bag of four or something like that. <laughs> I don't think he's kicked four goals at all this season, Todd Marshall. He's, he's had four quite, touches. More he's, been, he's, he's, he's been very, been very meek. Back him in. Back him in. It's a um, Dixon to kick about a cat. Oh, I've, <laughs> I've, I've lost all faith in Charlie after this year. What, yeah, what margin are you going for tonight, then, mate? Uh, let's say, let's say three goal win. I was going to say, I was going to say good luck finding Charlie Dixon. He's still trying to find his way out of Keithy's pocket from last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, look, I, I'm going to go Port as well, boys. I think um, last week in particular, I think, you know, call, call it a choke job from our end, but um, I think the way Port worked themselves back in has been quite good. Uh, it was quite was quite fantastic to watch. Their midfielders were absolutely dominant again. Um, but they just need a, they need a good start. They, or, or they can't afford Geelong to kick five, six goals in the opening quarter. Otherwise, I'll be cooked. Yeah, I'm going the Cats, boys. I'm going on that side of here. I think um, the tolls are going to be too much. Cameron and Hawkins are going to have a big day out and they'll get up by 14 points for mine. All right. The next time we've got the Sydney Derby, the Swans and the Giants. In Tasmania. In Tasmania. <laughs> Who would have thought this uh, 18 months ago? Um, it's the, I can't believe how many times these two sides have met in finals already, considering the Giants have only been around for 10 seasons. 
Um, unfortunately for the Swans, <laughs> we talked about the man before, Callum Mills missing out, couldn't get up through his uh, test fitness test that he had to do. Um, so a couple of young boys coming in for the Swans here, the Chad, oh, the and Chad Bell, and then it's almost the complete opposite for the Giants. Sam Reed, one of Leon Cameron's favorite players, I don't know why, coming into the side. Shane Mumford, the big ruck dog back in, and Tommy Green. Uh, also returned to this side. Kennedy, Briggs, Tanner Bruin, and Xavier Halloran all out of this team. Um, I want to back the Giants in here, boys. I just have this feeling. Stephen Cornelio starting on the, in the side again. He was the medical sub last week. They sort of eased him back into footy. Um, a lot of these guys in here know what it means to play finals, and I think they go to a different level in the finals of Giants, so I'm backing them. Look, I don't, I don't say this enough, but I think Shane Mumford's a great in for the Giants. I think if, if you know, if anything, like last couple of seasons, they, they rely on a lot of physicality and Mumford will certainly bring that in spades against Tom Hickey. And um, I've said it to you boys off air and I'll say it again, as much as I love uh, Dorso, they've got to target him this week. He's uh, Get a tag on him. Get a tag on him. Get the bore. Get, yeah. get the bore on him. Get somebody on him. Get somebody, get somebody targeting him. Because uh, if he... If you t- t- take take away that sort of stuff, he he he'll he'll be he'll be as quiet as a, a church mouse. So, who are you um, tipping, Doc? Oh, I tell you what, Mil- Mills, no Mills, no Kennedy. I'm I'm a, I'm a little nervous with the Swans. It means Parker's going to have a big one. Hewitt needs a big one. Heaney's going to have to do a bit more up the ground. I'm going to back the Swans in. Just <laughs> Miller, who you got? I'm going to go to the Swans. I think um, as good as Sam Taylor's been this year, but he's going to show he wants that ton. He wants the big thousand. The big thousand. Um, I rate that call. I rate that highly. I reckon he'll have a big game. And there'll be no knocking Sam Taylor. I mean, when Buddy's on, boys, we know he's on. So I'm going to go to the Swans here. Saturday night prime time. The D's going in with an unchanged side. You don't fix what's not broken, I suppose. The Lions, Harris Andrews and Mitch Robinson back in. Two massive ins, boys. Mitch Robinson, we know what he is in terms of the, the, the culturally for the team. He gets them up and about. And Harris Andrews, of course, is going to have that big job. It's looking like on Ben Brown at this point, Doc. Yeah, well, I, th- I think Ben Brown's been flying under, uh, quite under the radar uh, the last month and a half, especially. I think he's his form's been very good. It'll only be a matter of time before he kicks a, a huge bag of five or six. Um, I think he might have actually already done it, but um, but I think he'll he'll really turn a final on its head uh, this off season um, or this postseason. Um, I think the D's will win. I think it'll be uh, quite a comfortable margin as well because I think you you look at you look at Brisbane's bottom six. You know, guys like uh, Coleman, Pryor, Fullerton. You know. They're going to need they're going to need to be huge, or at least have a at least have a good role for, for the Lions for them to get up. Yeah, I'm going to back the D's in here as well. Miller, who have you got? I'm going to Brisbane. I think that something about them boys. I'm looking at some of these matchups are going to be very juicy. Cat Ed Langdon take on McCluggage on the wings. You've got Oliver going up against Neil. Lions going up against Petrarca. Just absolute guns all over the ground and. I'll tell you what, one of the most intriguing matchups, gentlemen, is watch this space. Brandon Starsevich and Bailey Fridge. Well, yes. <laughs> I'm keen for that. That oh. is going to be one of the most genuine best one-on-one matchups you've ever seen in the modern era. Stay uh, tuned for that game. There's a reason why it's in prime time. That's the I'm going sure. Brisbane, though. I'm going Brisbane. Yes. All right. The Doggies and the Bombers closing out the finals first week at uh, in Tassie as well. I can't believe it's actually the first time two of our teams have actually gone head-to-head in the final. 
How's that in the the whole time we've been doing the podcast? In, in, the, in the whole time we've been doing the podcast, that's a ripper. Game cap. <laughs> it's a good little milestone there. <laughs> um, um, but, uh, neither I, I, team, neither team have made any outs for this, so both sides are every chance of going in uh, uh, the same as they did last week. And I know Doc, you've heard a bit of a rumor on the wind that the dogs are going to go in unchanged. Yeah, so that, that's the uh, that's the. Uh juicy barbecue sauce that i've got um on my desk doc no rusty no rust rust to be uh made to wait again uh, unfortunately i think um Biff? but uh look without any confidence i'll pick out i'll, I'll back my boys in this week um if, if they <laughs> if, if if they don't bevo better watch out because i'll be uh i'll be back here again next week and i'll be having a lot to say we, we can't lose this it, like it's it, it is this is literally our game to lose cat uh, it is, but similarly, I can't not back my boys in here. This is to, this is a, a strange statement. You'll never hear this again from me, but this is the most confident I've been going into a final in my entire <laughs> life, which is not an exaggeration to say because my entire life, this is probably the first final I thought we're a genuine chance to win. Yeah, um, what, the pressure's on me as the deciding vote. <laughs> so I'm back in the Dons. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see if Keithy goes. Keithy goes directly to right, and yeah, you, yeah, and he's and, gonna he's gonna keep him where he where he where he left him, Doc, right in the pocket. Yeah, <laughs> he can he can join his he can join his good mate Charlie down there. <laughs> Who you got, Miller? Oh, mate, I've got to split the I've got to split the uh, split the apple here. You boys are going for your clubs, unsurprisingly. <sighs> Might be a bit surprising for me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not actually. I'm you not. Know I'm not actually surprised. Uh, I, I think. think I, I've, I've, said, I've said to you all year, Kat, your team's been really tremendous in how they've applied themselves around the ground. Yeah, would agree. I, I, I think for me, boys, what's what's going to be the interesting thing is that, as you know, gentlemen, that the Dons have been in one team in the eight all year, and that's the team they're playing this week. So mm. I'm going to go. I'm going to go the Dogs, but it's going to be under three points either way. Yeah, it'll be really, it'll be really close. I, when it, I hope, I pray to God, we have scouted Sam Draper since last since last time. Oh, that, the, man, the man's impossible I, to scout. You can't predict what he's going to do next. I, I, I've I've have never seen a man more suited to play to to be living at Cranbourne to sort of pick apart our midfield. <laughs> well, that is uh, with all our tips, Ian. That is going to be us done for this week's episode of the A Three Footy Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you follow us on all our socials at A Three Footy on Twitter at A Three Footy Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Of course, there's an email as well, A Three Footy at gmail.com you can send us through your tips for the finals who you think is going to win the flag everything like that um and <laughs> with all that said the entire Yarra Valley is going to be hearing me cheering for the Bombers on Sunday it's going to be that insanely loud uh, I tell you what we've actually just got new neighbors in next door to my place and they'll be uh, hearing me and my brothers scream at the tv for for about three hours Sunday afternoon so they'll, be, feel moving, bad. they'll be moving out quick tonight <laughs> I feel bad I feel bad for the poor bastards <laughs> with all that said I've been Alex Catalano it's Sam Draper I've been Alex Doherty <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us make sure you tune in next week for all our rapid deer finals so far in the preview for the semi-finals and up the bombers Can the dogs go finals footy? Because oh shit.